And we are back. Episode 24 of Journey to a Million. The offseason previews, they still continue here. Even though the offseason is winding down, we still got you covered. We have the Browns and Buccaneers today. Two teams on the slate. And these are were both interesting offseasons indeed. So we'll talk all about it here. The full squad is here for Journey to a Million. So myself, Drew Skyberg, Jared Vlesky, and then Zach Roush. So how are you both doing today? Doing good. Good. Awesome. So... With that, we got to talk about something very important before we get started here. The live show, the Journey to a Million live show that takes place June 3rd, 7 p.m. So that's going to be an exciting thing. That's a, the twelve twelve Sports Pub and Grill in Oshkosh. So that's at the Oshkosh Arena. We have all the information posted on our social medias. Jordan Drew underscore sports girl on the Instagram there and then Twitter at JD Sports Pod. So. You can check it out there, even on our Facebook too, Jordan Drew, the sports crew. But look, we've talked about it already. Journey Million Live show. It's going to be NFL theme. We'll do talking to the Packers. Look, they have excellent food. We talked about this. Jared, sweet potato fries. Come on. Yeah, looking good. Zach, yep. smoked wings. Come on. Of so uh, this is going to be, you know, a great event. We have officially announced. I've announced it on our Monday episode. Announced it here. We are giving out free merchandise for the trivia. So it'll be a voucher that you can redeem for the free merchandise is how it works. And it's going to be exciting. Uh, the trivia is going to be a lot of fun, right? We're going to have all sorts of things. We have a trivia wheel we're debuting. Look, it's going to be an exciting time. Again, we got to thank the people at the Oshkosh Arena for helping us make this happen. And we're looking forward to it. So uh, with that here, guys, let's get started here right away. We're going to start with the Cleveland Browns. So look, we're going to start, of course, how we always do. We're going to review the past season. So, Jared, I'll start with you. Give us a grade here for the Cleveland Browns. I went really low this year. Um, I gave them a D. There was just so much that went on in their organization, obviously, with um, with Beckham leaving and everything that went down. Just not filling their expectations again. They ended 8-9, and nine, I'm pretty sure. Missing the playoffs another year after fans had high hopes for them. But things are looking a lot more promising going forward. I'll give them a little higher. I'll go with the C. I think they obviously had expectations after that playoff run the year before, but obviously their season kind of got derailed by the whole Beckham situation and then also a lot of injuries, especially with Baker. And it's hard to win with a quarterback that's injured. So I'll give him a C. I'll go C minus. Look, you know, Browns have been kind of told it's kind of like the 76ers. I feel, you know, trust the process. We're going to trust it. And, um, I know we've seen the 76ers actually have some success to some degree, but look, the Browns just, they're, they're not there yet. And then with that, um, we see what they do in the off season. Now, you know, now we're talking, I think. So kind of the transition here into the off season plans, right? The main concern was, at least personally for me was, look, can you win with Baker at quarterback was the question. And I think they, they did the right. They took the right approach to that question. I think, I think you could, but I, I don't think, you know, with the team they had, I don't think you could. So uh, with that, then you go out, you go get your guy, you get to Sean Watson. And I guess talking about this trade, we'll, we'll kind of, we'll focus on this, of course, for a bit here. I guess, did you guys think that was a good, good value for him giving up all the draft capital they did uh, overall? I guess Jared, we'll start with you. I just thought it was really risky. I mean, this guy might not even play. As of for recording this, I mean, it hasn't even passed through NFL yet. They were talking today, but I mean, he's not even guaranteed to play. So giving him $230 million guaranteed is like really risky. Um, 
he is a top quarterback in the league. So I, I do think that he deserves his money. It's just going out and doing that, just putting all your faith that this will turn out. Because if this doesn't, I mean, they're stuck with Baker and that's just what they have to do. So, I mean, I think he's worth it, but it's kind of risky for what, what they did. Yeah. Also, I mean, if it if he does get suspended, I don't think they're stuck with Baker because I don't think Baker's going to play for him. That's so, a possibility. I, I think uh, who did they went out and signed some quarterback that he's kind of like a backup type guy, but he's going to be a solid backup. I can't think of who it was now, but it was risky. I do like the move. And with the contract, how it was, I think they're definitely looking at more in the future just because they did um, kind of do Deshaun a favor this year with his base salary being really low. So if he does get suspended, he's not losing a whole lot of money this year. Obviously, if it's more than one year suspension, which I highly doubt, he would lose money then. But I do like the move. I've seen you quarterback. They went out and got their guy. Jacoby Brissett's X, the name uh, you were thinking of. Yeah. There they went That's out and it. got. And, uh, yeah, looking what they did, I think you guys just you hit it right in the nose, right? Yeah, they went out, they got their guy. They took the risk, right? And, you know, odds are, uh, personally, I think we're going to see maybe some sort of discipline. I think you have to at this point, right? Being 22 counts, mm-hmm. I know. But it, it's just a matter of how long. I can't see it being more than a season either. So I think that in the long term, I think they'll be just fine. And you look, know, Deshaun Watson, look, he's certainly a big upgrade, a huge upgrade over Baker Mayfield. I think, you know, and we'll get to the I record guess, prediction, but yeah. I think this is going to be a great squad if he's able to play the full year. I think this is going to be like regular season wise from start to end. I think they're going to be an excellent top to bottom squad. And I guess with that here, let's talk about some of the offseason moves they made. And that with that comes the draft selections, of course. So, I guess with that, Zach mentioned that, you know, Jacoby Brissett, right? You get out, you sign him. And then also some other moves that they did. I guess the Amari Cooper one we have to talk about as well. They get, so they get Amari Cooper and a 2022 sixth round pick. And then in return, they give up a fifth and the sixth in 2022. So I guess overall, look, that Cooper trade, that was they got a very good deal there. I think for a guy like Amari Cooper, I know contract cap situation, right? That always plays a key plus age, but you know, getting Amari Cooper and cause you let go of Landry, right? He's gone. So that's, I think that was a very good move, very underrated move and some good value there for the Browns. Yeah. Um, there was a lot of teams looking at Amari Cooper over the off season, um, looking to trade for him. And when that deal, when that deal went through, it looked like such an underpay. I mean, they got nothing for like for Amari Cooper. So um, the Browns won that trade easily. And like you said, with Landry going out, it's a big uh, addition. But my whole thing was like when Amari Cooper came in, they still did have Mayfield. And I didn't think much of it. Like, OK, this team, it's, it's a little upgrade, but, you know, I, I don't see anything big coming out of it. But then Watson comes in and I'm like, OK, that's a really good, really good trade. Then it all fit together. Um, so, yeah, I think Cooper was a great signing for this team. Yeah, I like the move. Because obviously the only reason he is available is because of his contract and his cap hit. And the Browns had cap space. So if you can get a player of that caliber on a discount just because of his cap hit while you do have the cap space, I think it's well worth it. And I think they're going to see it become worth it this season. Yeah, especially with having, hopefully, having Deshaun Watson, the you know, under center um, this whole year. So, uh, 
Denzel Ward, then we got to talk about, he gets that extension, which is no longer the highest paid quarterback annually as that goes to Green Bay's finest, Jair Alexander. But anyways, we got to talk about Denzel Ward. So it was a five-year, it was a $100.5 million extension what he signed. And so I guess overall, right, you lock up your cornerback. I'm just saying, you know, components for a winning team is where I'm going with this. Have a lockdown corner, you know, have a, a phenomenal quarterback, solid pass rush. You know, I'm, right now the Browns are checking a lot of these boxes, I think. So I guess the word extension you guys are a fan of as well, right? Yeah. And I mean, going into the draft, they got what they what they needed to get. So like they looked at their pieces, they saw they needed a few pieces and they filled those gaps. I think this is a really good team. Yeah, I like that deal too. Um, obviously, by the end of his contract, same with the Jair one, they probably will be around like the 10th mark for highest paid corners, just how the contracts work. So I do like the deal. Uh, yep, of course. And then let's go to the draft here. So Cleveland Browns, they had a lot of late round picks here. You know, rounds three through seven were dominated here by the Browns. So I guess going through like positions they got right, they got a cornerback, they got a couple DNs, they got two receivers, they got a running back there in Jerome Ford. I always like to point out, you know, the running backs or even a kicker here, Cade York, they get that in the fourth round. So out of LSU. But overall, I guess, you know, getting Jerome Ford, there's that's interesting there out of Cincinnati, the running back from the Bearcats. And I guess their draft, you know, wasn't that exciting again, not having a lot of those, you know, prime picks, let's say, but uh I mean, overall, they satisfied some needs. They got some depth, right? That's what you look for in the draft. And but I think most of the squad, I think the, the squad's ready, I think. So I guess, was there anything else you guys want to talk about out of the draft? I think this team will need a, a year under their belt before they're 100% ready. And with the whole, the whole Watson thing, see how that plays out. And then yeah. I can make my decision about that. I guess I, I, see, Watson getting, I see Watson getting probably a, six to eight game suspension if he does get suspended somewhere in that range. So I think that either way, it's going to take a little, um, a couple of weeks for them to kind of get it together and kind of get that, uh, get that consistency with each other. And then after that, it could be like a chiefs team last year where at the beginning of the season, they really weren't playing that well. And then the last half, they really came out and looked like the, old Chiefs team that we were used to seeing. So I want to talk about our fantasy outlook here. You know, you're, of course you're stashing Deshaun Watson, um, regardless of, you know, the suspension. Where are you drafting Deshaun Watson, you know, when you're stashing him? Because, look, he's not going to be a waiver wire pickup here. Uh, I, I mean, My thing is, like, you go out, you get – just look at that fantasy draft strategy. You go out, you get your guy, your quarterback, right? Are you going to get, like, Watson? Because arguably he could still – you know, you could get him maybe at a discount or you might go at a premium. I think it depends on who you're drafting with at that point. But I guess where would you guys be looking to get to Sean Watson? Because, you know, at me, I personally would want to get my my starter who I know will be playing, you know, as of before the season starts 17 games. Right. But of course, injuries can happen and such. But um, then possibly if I can get him on some sort of discount, I'd be looking. But overall, I think Deshaun Watson you know, probably won't be a part of my fantasy football team here this year. But what are you guys looking at for that? Yeah, me too. I mean, it's just too risky. You you need a guy that's going to play all all the games except for their bye week. And going in, you see you see Watson. You're like, there's not there's uncertainty. So like, I would take and like 
there's only a few quarterbacks that are elite and then there's like some average ones, but I would even take like, you know, a, a little above average quarterback at that point, because Watson's just as of we as we speak right now, he, his playing is up in the air, but if it comes out obviously before the draft that he'll play the whole year or he'll get suspended, then, you know, we'll know more, more about that, but I'm going to stay away from him as of now, just because as a fantasy owner, you need to know that your players are actually going to play. Yeah. I think it also kind of depends on like who your other quarterback is. I don't think anyone's going to draft him as their number one corner or quarterback unless news does come out before draft time. But if you do have a quarterback that has a late bye week, say you draft Aaron Rodgers and you have that bye week, week 13 or whatever it is, you may be willing to draft him a little bit higher just because if he is suspended, it's probably only going to be the beginning of the season and you'll have him back by that time. Otherwise, I would say he's probably going to be going around like the mid-tier backup quarterback range. So like the quarterback 18, somewhere around there. The mid to late teams. Yeah, at that point, if you have Rodgers, you're not going to want to get Watson anyways, right? Unless I mean, you want to trade him at value, why not? Fantasy drafts is just looking at getting guys on value, and then you could even trade him at that point. I think if you got him yeah. at that, yeah, at that price. But against the price, it's about who you're drafting with at the end of the day. Look, in our leagues, he could go, he could go really high. I mean, I, I've seen you know things that we have happened in our leagues, podcast leagues. Uh, you could see. You know, does Sean Watson pop off on there? It depends on his ADP because, let's face it, a lot of people will, will base it off of that. And that's going to influence a lot of picks. So we'll have to see where players are going at certain ADPs. And with that, I mean, we have a few more fantasy outlook things to talk about. Before we do the record prediction here, Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb. So how are you assessing that? Are you guys assessing it same year? Same year, you know, same thing every year, right? We're... You know, it seems that we'll see Kareem Hunt get a lot of those receptions out of the backfield and then Nick Chubb be that main focus runner. But I guess, you know, I'm a Nick Chubb dynasty holder and I've, I've been shopping him a little bit and I'm just looking, you know, he's he's like 20, he's approaching, he's 26 right now. I think he's turning 27 shortly here. So, you know, we they usually say 26, 27 is the year of running back decline. Of course, that, you know, it's, very, it's a variable thing between different players, but Overall, how are you guys assessing this? Like, let's say a one-year league. Are you looking to draft, you know, Nick Chubb or Kareem Hunt? Or Zach, we'll start with you. What are you feeling about that? Um, I'd probably take Nick Chubb in the end of the second if he's sitting there. I don't know if he will be, but I would take him, be comfortable taking him end of the second. And then Hunt, if you go wide receiver heavy, he would be a good running back too. If you go kind of running backs early, I'd say probably – running back three or four just because you need those other spots to fill those receiver tight end quarterback positions so it kind of depends on what you're looking for in the early rounds but I would be comfortable with Kareem Hunt as my second running back if I was a wide receiver heavy team yeah I've had Nick Chubb every single one of my drafts every single one I've drafted him so far it's been like four or five years and he's never disappointed me not a single year he um even when it looks like he's not per- performing, he'll always have that 50 yard breakout run that he always has. And he always ends with over 100 yards somehow. So I do like Nick Chubb. I think he will go pretty early. Um, as for Kareem Hunt, I think like that, like you said, Zach, he's a great uh, running back, too. If you go, obviously, a receiver first, because you're going to need a running back. But or you know what I mean? Um, but 
I don't know. I I've never had Hunt, but he always gets some carries as well. So they're both good options. But I like Chubb. Obviously, I've always had him, so he's always reliable for me. Yeah, I just I, look yeah. at it though as Deshaun is probably better quarterback. So I think they're going to be trying to push that ball down the field more, and maybe won't have as many like little dump offs or screens or whatever Hunt usually gets his receptions on. So I think there's going to be less receptions for their backs. I don't think they have many receivers, though. I mean, they got Cooper and they got some tight ends, but like I think Nick Chubb is also a good dump off guy too. Yeah, I mean, it, that's just my thoughts on what their offense is going to be. Obviously, everyone has different ones, but yeah, we'll see what Kevin Stefanski implements here. But yeah, PPR, you know, of course, is going to you know influence more of Kareem Hunt's value. I think that's kind of that's where he gets a lot more value there, at least in past years, right with. Baker Mayfield, but I guess with that, is there any other fantasy, you know, things you want to look at for this Cleveland Brown squad? I mean, Amari Cooper is a good one, but that it, it all depends. I think right now, you know, David Njaku. Oh, him too. As a tight end. David, yeah. Uh, look at him. Too. Did he make your tight end? Hooper got released, Jared. Oh, uh, did he get released? Yeah. I didn't see that. Uh, for David Nj- Njoku, uh, oh, yeah. Zach. Looking he at, he did not make the, was he outside? So we're talking Zach posts his tight end rankings. He posts on Tuesday. He posts his positional rankings every Tuesday. You'll see a different position being posted. And Zach, where would he have been in there on your top 10 tight end list or not? Uh, top 10, he's, right outside. he's a close miss. So he was like 11, 12, something like that. He was up there. I just, I don't think he has enough opportunity to see his full potential. Obviously he's had to compete with Austin Hooper the last few years. So. I just I want to see more opportunity before I put him in the top ten. Hopefully, yeah. I think with Watson, you know, I think him and uh, Cooper certainly um, will benefit here. So, again, I guess it's hard for us to you know analyze the whole, you know, for Deshaun Watson situation. It kind of just it's hard to say. But like Amari Cooper, you know, when he is Deshaun Watson as his quarterback, I think that's going to be a dynamic duo. I think it'll be lethal. I think that is fantasy points all over it. So, one little uh, one sleeper player I'm going to throw out Donovan Peoples-Jones. Sleeper? A, no, at the end of last yeah. year, he was their wide receiver one. So yeah, he's, he's going to be a great year, player. Yeah, He's going to take another step forward with Watson. I can see that too. There he's we go. He's going to be that kind of Will Fuller type guy. He's going to stretch yeah. the field. Yeah, we'll certainly be taking him on our sleeper over underline. So make sure to join our sleeper squad and you know, reach out to us for our link on any of our social medias. So I guess with that here, record prediction time, everyone. I think so. This is going to be fun. Well, after how last week's went, uh, here we go. I can actually say the schedules now. This is cool. You know, we don't have to say, you know, just opponents in a random order. So here we go. At Carolina, hosting New York Jets, hosting the Steelers, going to Atlanta, hosting the Chargers, Hosting the Patriots, going to Baltimore, hosting Cincinnati, the bye week at Miami, at Buffalo, hosting Tampa, at Houston, at Cincinnati, hosting Baltimore, hosting New Orleans, at Washington, at Pittsburgh. So that rounds out the schedule there. 17 game schedule there. We have it all there. And with that, Zach, you are starting. Hmm. I think it helps them that they have some easier games at the beginning. And their tougher games are kind of that week 10 through 15 yep. range. So I'm going to go 11 and six. Oh, that was my record. 
Okay, but okay. Should I go next? That's your go ahead. Um, so like I said earlier, I think this is a gelling year. I don't think this team, and with the uncertainty oh. of Watson, I have them going nine and eight, better than last oh. year, but they're still gonna miss the playoffs. Jared. I think they're gonna miss. It depends. If Watson plays yeah. all year, maybe I go ten and seven, but no, I got nine and eight. I have eleven and six as well. So um with that, I guess that kind of wraps up here on the Browns here. I, I think though that they'll be able to like like Zach said, easier games at the start. I had to go on 11 and six regardless. I think even with the whole suspension situation, I think those easier games at the start, get those out of the way. Hopefully, you know, it might be Jacoby Brissett. Like we said, I th- still think they can win, you know, a good chunk of those. Right. But, um, you know, they get the harder games. They have, you know, they have Buffalo and Tampa back to back. And then they got like Cincinnati, Baltimore, New Orleans, you know, that three game stretch there. I think they have these tougher stretches where it looks like they all have Deshaun Watson. So certainly, Makes it look, you know, more appealing to take them there. But I guess anything else here you guys have on the Cleveland Browns? I haven't finished in third in the division. So I got Raiders or Ravens above them and then Bengals. Cincinnati regression. We've been saying it here. I don't see mm-hmm. that happening. Was that an agreement, Zach, with me? Yeah. Good. Oh, wow. Okay. I think they'll be worse than last year. I don't think they're going to regress that bad, though. I don't, they're definitely not going to the Super Bowl again. Oh, no, no. They're going to still win their division. I, I, think. I think they'll still win their division. One year wonder. Well, I'm I just see, saying. I think Bengals, Bengals, Browns, Ravens are all three of them are within one game. I think Ravens go, yeah, a little. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I think the Ravens are underrated. I, I mean, I personally, you know, they look, they lose, they go on in the six game losing streak to end the year. They have a couple two point conversions that don't go their way. I think this team is. You know, plus injuries didn't include that. I think this team might be, you know, might finish better than Cincinnati. Look, we talked about with both the teams. I think they certainly could do that. Zach, I I think uh, Cleveland and Baltimore finish within a game. I think the Bengals go two games above them. We'll have to come out with some uh, uh, standing predictions or something. Yeah, for sure. Because that'll be something, you know, check out summer, right? We're going to be posting all this wonderful content. We'll include that here, but Look, enough of us rambling on here. We're going to go take a break here. And then when we come back, let's talk about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I was recently introduced to AG1. And wow, if you're someone like me who hates taking pills and vitamins, wants more energy, and wants a more optimized immune system, let me tell you why this is the perfect supplement for you. So what is this stuff, you may ask? With one delicious scoop of AG1, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source superfoods, probiotics, and aptogens to help you start your day right. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, and aging. It's all those things. And look, this is the perfect thing to start your morning routine, start your day off right with just one scoop of AG1 with some water. And let's talk about AG1. What makes it so great, you may ask? It contains less than one gram of sugar, no GMOs, no nasty chemicals or artificial anything, while still tasting good. Tons of people take some kind of multivitamin, right? And it's important to choose one with high-quality ingredients that your body will actually absorb. And let's talk about the price, right? You might be asking about that. You're investing in an all-in-one nutritional insurance, and with that, you know, that's going to save you money, right? It costs you less than $3 a day while you're investing in your health, and it's cheaper than that cold brew habit, which I do have. I do love my coffee, but uh, talk about what the founder did here. He created 
Athletic Greens after experience how difficult it was to create an optimal nutritional routine on your own, and I can attest to that. It is extremely difficult on a day-by-day basis. Athletic Greens, they also have over 7,000 five-star reviews, so you know you are getting the best when it comes to Athletic Greens. And also, they're they're a climate-neutral certified company, so you know they care about the environment. And for every purchase, they donate to organizations helping to kids in need, including No Kid Hungry here in the U.S. And right now, it is just time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop in a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. Look, to make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you one year supply free of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com forward slash emerging. Again, that is athleticgreens.com forward slash emerging, A-T-H-L-E-T-I-C-G-R-E-E-N-S.com forward slash emerging, E-M-E-R. G-I-N-G. And that is to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Episode 24 here resumes on the podcast as we talk about our second team, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And boy, they had quite the offseason. But first, let's talk about the regular season, their past regular season. So um, I guess the whole season as a whole there, but uh, same journey to million squad, of course, here for the second half, myself, Zach Roush and Jared Valeski. And with that, we'll start with Zach here. How would you grade the Tampa Bay Buccaneers past season? Uh, B plus. I think they had that's Super Bowl expectations, hopes, whatever you want to call it. That's what their goal was. They didn't get their fellow short. They had a good regular season. And, yeah, I guess they're running back with pretty much the same team. Minus a few guys, but. Yeah, I said about the same. <clears throat> I said B. Um, I had B. Because they, they had high expectations and they just didn't meet them. Because, obviously, it's hard to meet a Super Bowl. But Well, when you got Tom Brady under center, you know, I mean, the expectations are going to be there. And um, not winning getting out of divisional is not going to do it. So makes me go at the B. So uh, talk about the offseason. Wow. Well, we see, okay, big news right away. It was an interesting one. Roller coaster will say Tom Brady retires, right? Big announcement. Oh my gosh, Tampa Bay, they're, they're done. What, right? what are they going to do with these guys? They're going to need a quarterback, this and that. But look, then I, you know, we, everyone had that feeling, right? You, there was that gut feeling that, He's not done. He's coming back. And that's exactly what happened. Tom Brady then comes back. But we do have some big news. I think the, one of the bigger news is news stories of the offseason for especially this squad here and the whole NFL is a new head coach. You know, Todd Bowles takes over Bruce Arians now serving as some an office advisor in the front or some role in the front office. So I guess overall, I mean the coaching change, I think this is this isn't gonna affect I think the Buccaneers as much or that much at all, even, but I think, you know, having Todd Bowles, a great defensive mind at the head of coach. I wonder what this means for defense. Is he still going to have a lot of influence on defense? I'm sure he will. So uh, I guess overall, you know, looking through this off season so far, any other moves you guys want? I mean, of course there are moves, more moves we want to talk about, but any other moves that stood out for you guys? I think the head coaching is an upgrade. 
I think you already have Tom Brady, so he can pretty much run an offense at this point in his career. He's been doing it for, what, 23 years or whatever it's going to be. And I think Bruce Aarons, while I'm sure, like, he's a good coach, but I think um, Todd Bowles just fits this team better because they need more of a defensive-minded coach, in my opinion. And while Aarons was more kind of like offensive guy, I just I think it'll improve the defense, and then Tom Brady will be able to do his thing on the offense. Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, you got Tom Brady; he can take the whole ship on offense. Just that defensive mind being in charge will be a good, a good balance for this team. So I, I, I don't know. I just think maybe Todd Bowles is an improvement, like Zach said. Aaron's, and he goes um, to a senior football consultant role was where they named him now, but. Uh, yeah, I think the other big story was Ali Marpet retires. I think that's a big story when you have, you know, a cornerstone piece of the offensive line retiring. Ryan Jensen, Jensen being able to re-sign him, that was a big move there. Of course, you know, they franchise tag Chris Godwin and they signed him to that three-year contract. Right? there, There's a nice move there as well. They signed Logan Ryan. And then looking through it, I guess... Um, any other off-season moves you guys want to kind of talk about there? Uh, they signed Keanu Neal. I guess throw that and Blaine Gabbert both good. But from there, I guess, do you guys want to talk more about this draft? Yeah, I mean, can we talk about Gronk a little bit? Sure, yeah. About um, I thought up until now that he was going to come back, but it's looking like he's actually going to retire, which I thought was kind of surprising. I, I mean, it's not out there yet. He's not fully retired, but I mean, it's looking like he might. And I thought that when Tom Brady comes back, I mean, you got Gronk there, but maybe Cameron Braid steps up this year. Um, and if that doesn't happen, I'm pretty sure they drafted a tight end to uh, Cade Otten um, out of Washington. So that, I don't know. I just wanted to say that was very surprising for me. Yeah. I mean, their biggest losses probably Jordan Whitehead, Alex Kappa, and then Ali Marpet, who they did uh, fill one of the guard positions with uh, Luke Edke. In the draft, but obviously they signed Keanu Neal, like Drew said, too, to replace Whitehead. But yeah, if Gronk doesn't come back, that might be a hole they have. While Brates, he's a solid tight end, like he can get the job done. I just, I think Gronk will come back later in the season if they, like, right before a playoff run, maybe something like that. It's kind of what Brady did. He, retired sat in the stands once and realized it wasn't for him and it wasn't his time to retire and then he came back so we could see that happen i'm i wouldn't be opposed to that i don't think and again it, it's it's ground right it was based off social media posts i yeah. think you know i i think if brady's there i think we'll see ground come back personally in my opinion but um let's talk then about i mean zach mentioned at the draft right you know replenish some you know needs there um first you know they they didn't have any first round picks Right, they had two picks round two, one in round three, two in round four, one in round five, six, and seven each respectively. And yeah, they go out in the first pick in the second round. They got Logan Hall, a defensive end out of Houston, and then Luke Edeke, the guy out of Alders, uh, and then Central Michigan, of course, as well at fifty seventh overall. So yeah, he's going to be that guard replacement, as Zach mentioned. Sounds like they plan around him there. They got Richard White out of Arizona State in that third round which they got a uh, running back there now, Cade Otten, tight end out of Washington. They got a punter, and then they went and they got a defensive back, tight end, and defensive end 
overall, I thought they had a pretty solid draft going all around, grabbing players they did, in fact, need. I was wondering, um, you know, because there's a guy, you know, Kashawn Vaughn they had. I wonder now, because now it seems like they got, you know, they have a good chunk of running backs here now, too. So it's going to be an interesting, you know, situation here in the Buccaneer backfield. I think, because especially with, like I mentioned, Kishon Vaughn's kind of, you know, surgeons that happen near the end of the year. So I wonder how that's going to be looking there, but certainly guy to look at in the long run. But draft wise, what do you guys think of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? You're still holding on hope for Kishon Vaughn. Well, did holding they resign? Uh, Dynasty value, Fournette. Zach. Dynasty they value. Fournette and Bernard, right? Doesn't matter, Jared. Dynasty value. <laughs> Burnett's going to get a bulk of the carries. Obviously, they signed him for, That's fine. Uh, I think it's like three or four years. So he's I think he's going to get three. Nope. Uh, he's not staying for all of them. So Sean uh, Vaughn comes in year three. Yeah, you keep hoping that. But I think if anything, because your white might take some receptions or something from Fournette. But I think Fournette's going to get a bulk of the touches, both in receiving and the running game. So I think Fournette's probably the only one with a whole lot of value in the backfield. But other than that, I guess with the draft, I did like the Logan Hall pick. Um, their defensive line is kind of aging. Actually, they had Sue, who I think is a free agent. But now you have uh, Joseph Tryon-Smith from last year's draft, and then you have Logan Hall from this year's draft. So two young guys joining that uh, older defensive line to kind of add some youth to it. I agree with that. Obviously, JPP on that line, uh, Vita Vea, and then uh, Sue, like you said, who's not might not be there next year. So yeah, getting that defensive lineman, that young guy, um, bring him in. But yeah, I don't know. I, I I like their draft. It was questionable at first because I think they traded their first round pick. They did. Um, yep, to Jacksonville. Yeah, they traded yeah, back. That's how that happened. They got, they they got Luke, so it, that was the key point for all of us being from Valders, obviously. This is true, and. Yeah, and of course, like well, any other squad did, they they went out, they got undrafted free agents as well, of course. But yeah, Zach, I'm going to hold on to that value for Vaughn and, of course, Khalil Herbert as well. Both those guys stashing, keeping them. There's well, wait, Fournette was in wait, your top 10, right, Zach? Yeah. He was nine, I think. Yeah. Pretty sure. What's your problem, Drew, Zach? You're just, wasting, you're just wasting your roster spots. Nope. Cap. But anyways, uh. To talk about, you know, the record stuff for next year. Are you guys ready? I mean, we have more fantasy outlook to talk about. That's kind of where I was leaning here. Uh, Mike Evans, you know, let's just go to it here before mm-hmm. we do the schedule. Mike Evans, fantasy outlook, of course, was concerning, you know, at first when we saw Brady retired, but comes back, you know, Mike Evans is always, I mean, Jared mentioned in the first half here, Chubby in a consistent option. I know we've seen Mike Evans have some, you know, games where, you know, he'll put up, you know, maybe maybe have that zero point stinker, but look, you know, usually Mike Evans is a consistent option season lo- season long. So that's where I think. You Do know, you guys I, I mean we we always talk about having two receivers, how it takes away value from the other person or it obviously helps them. Um, do you think with Godwin out it helps Evans? Yes. A little bit maybe. But I think it helps Russell Gage more. He might be a good early season play. Obviously, we saw last year when AB was playing, they had three fantasy viable receivers. With Godwin out, having two of them with just Russell Gage and Mike Evans, they can have some really good value. Obviously, once Godwin comes back, Gage's value is going to go down quite a bit. But until um, Godwin does um, kind of gives full amount of reps, 
I could see Russell Gage being very good kind of player that you can get later in drafts. For sure. And then depends, like Jared mentioned, Gronk's status too plays a part in these targets, right? The day it's about getting targets. So, you know, it seems Gronk's been a consistent guy to get a lot of targets, you know, with Brady there, of course, with that connection they have from New England. But I mean, is there any other fantasy outlook? I think this defense still, you know, is always going to be an, an attractive defense, you know, to have on fantasy. I don't think that's going to be changing anytime soon. But any other discussions here about fantasy outlook? I don't think so. All right. So let's go to the record prediction here. This is going to be an interesting one as well here. So here we go. The 17 opponents for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in 2022 to 2023. Here we go. At Dallas, at New Orleans, hosting Green Bay, hosting Kansas City, hosting Atlanta, at Pittsburgh, at Carolina, hosting Baltimore, hosting the Los Angeles Rams, hosting Seattle. And that's that game's at Germany, so they're not hosting them. It's a bye game at Cleveland, hosting New Orleans, at San Francisco, hosting Cincinnati, at Arizona, hosting Carolina, Colorado Tex Panthers, and then at Atlanta to round out the year. Uh, well, where are you guys going on this, Jared? Go to you. I have them finishing 12 and 5. Um, I saw something that said that they were predicted to win 9.4 games, which is the fourth most in the NFC at a 43. And they also have a 43% chance to win the uh, their division. Um, I think that with Tom Brady, no way you win nine games. I, I'm sure they're going to go over that, but I think they're going to go a little over that. I think they had that they finished 12 and 5 last year. I think yeah, they did. So yeah, I think they repeat. They have basically the same team. Um, I think they just do the same thing they do they did last year. I'm gonna go eleven and six. They got some tough games early in the year, and I think the um, missing Godwin is gonna kind of show, especially against good teams like Green Bay, Kansas City, uh, those types of games. And I think the Saints, even without um, Sean Payton, are still gonna take at least one. From them, so obviously, like tra- traveling across to um, Europe is really tough too. The weeks week after that week, obviously, we've seen some crazy things happen overseas. But I'm gonna go eleven and six. Yeah, I'm gonna start picking for you, Zach. Otherwise, it looks like I'm just tailing you. But I'm I'm going eleven six as well. Um, I had for me the key thing was you know I think they lose opening night. I think they lose against Dallas. They're at, at Dallas. And then I think, you know, like Green Bay game is going to be tough. Kansas City, thankfully, they get both those games home. But, you know, I think they play the Rams again, a rematch there. I think the start of their season, I think it's going to be tough, but the schedule does get noticeably easier near the end, you know, the last three games, four games. But um, overall, yeah, this is still a playoff team. You got Tom Brady. Basically, everyone's returning. Some, you know, offensive line is going to be, uh, probably weaker, you know, for this first year here, but, um, you know, defensively, it's fairly similar. And, uh, yeah, I, I like this Tampa Bay squad next year, but anything else you from you guys here? The, Go ahead. The Shaq, Shaq Mason trade. We didn't mention that for fifth. Oh, we did not. That was good value. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for including that there. I mean, also, if, uh, Happen early if Drew Brees does uh, come back to the Saints like he's been rumored to. I mean, maybe they take one. Wow. Maybe I don't think it'll happen, but it's been talked they should, about. They should stick with Winston. I think so too. Famous Jameis. 
Is that even a thing? Never say that again. I, I just made that up. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Zach, you know, is dubbing people with nicknames now. So it's gonna catch on. It'll catch on. All right, what was it? Famous Jameis. Famous Jameis. There you go. So uh, with Next that here title. to wrap up. No social medias, of course. We mentioned in the first half. Jordan Drew underscore sports crew on the Instagram at JD Sports Pod, the Twitter, and then Jordan Drew, the sports crew on the Facebook. Again, June 3rd, live show. Rebranding happens. Um, logo will be unveiled. Look, you know, it won't be called Jordan Drew, the sports crew. It will be called something new, and we'll leave it at that here. So thank you all for listening to yet another episode of Jordan Drew, the sports crew, the journey to a million, the perfect podcast for you.